Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my new upcoming totally free live masterclass titled the most common legal and tax mistakes at each stage of business and how you can avoid them. On this masterclass, you'll learn whether it's time for you to go from a sole proprietorship to an LLC or from an LLC to an S Corp, or if you have an S Corp, how you can make sure that you're running it correctly. You will also learn how to get more profitable in a snap and put your taxes on autopilot, as well as how to make sure you're owning the CEO role in your business and managing the growth of your business without the fear that IRS hate mail or nasty lawsuits are gonna come your way. Also, at the end of the class, you'll officially be invited to join the spring 2021 class of Unfuck Your Biz. There will be a special bonus available only to those that attend the masterclass. So if you're curious about the program or know that you need to get a head start on avoiding these legal and tax mistakes we're going to talk about, join us at www.unfuckyourbiz.com where you can register. See you there. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by student, entrepreneur, inspiration, Amanda Trejo. How are you, Amanda? Hi, I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. So Amanda, you are the owner of Sassy Little Bee, which is a full service wedding planning and coordination business. Correct. Tell us a little bit about um, how long you've been in business when you got started. So I started my first company in 2005 in San Diego, and I began as a wedding florist. And about six or seven years into that, I started doing coordination for clients that I was already doing florals for. So then I had kind of a combo deal where you get florals and coordination. Um, did that for a few years and burned out real hard, real fast because I had was just over committing and stretching myself too thin. So I scaled back to the thing that was more satisfying and enjoyable to me, which was planning and coordination. Um, so I've been doing that alone for about the last seven years. Okay. Cause I would assume that florals, like it's a lot of like head down creative work time and then coordination and planning is like a lot of communication and email. So it's probably hard to balance both of those obligations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. It was like, I would have to spend so much time actually in the shop dealing with this perishable product that, you know, it's hot outside. The flowers need to be kept in the cooler. You got to design and, and go fast. And so then I'm doing my communication via email at night and was just finding that it wasn't, I wasn't able to do those things at the same time. Cause then when I switched to, okay, communicate during the day, then I was up till three in the morning working on flowers and yeah, not. Yeah. Not <laughs> I could see, I could see the challenge in that, how this, I feel like this happens a lot. We get into business and oftentimes we think, oh, I have this like really, really cool market idea. Like I'm going to offer this particular service, but then you get in it into it and realize like, no. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I used to get aggravated when I would see other vendors, other wedding vendors that did two seemingly drastically different things. Like, 
oh, this guy does your lighting and he's also going to be your officiant. It's like, well, how good can you be at both of those things? And I started to realize that I wasn't at the top of my game on either end of the planning or the floral spectrum because I was trying to do two things at once. And yeah. so I could do one thing very well. Half-ass, half-assing two things is not as good as whole-assing one thing. Exactly. Yeah, I could imagine, like, you can build up to the point where you're running a business that does all of those things, but you can't really do both services. It'd be like if you try to be both the planner and the photographer, like, how are you going to organize everyone if you're taking photos the whole time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs to be able to do what they're although, best Yeah, although I do know photographers end up doing a lot of planning when there's not a planner involved, but that's like a whole, a whole different topic for a whole other day. Yes. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about your journey over the past few months. Should we call it a journey? Does that, does that okay. seem too woo-woo? That, it's definitely been a journey. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll call it a journey. So you were actually, I don't know if you know this, I think you were the first person that signed up for the last round of Unfuck Your Biz, like the yeah. first official student sign up. So we started, I know the launch was in October. We didn't start until like the end of November, I think, like right after Thanksgiving. But take us back to October when we launched. So you were one of 18 students. We had 18 total people join the program. About 12 of you were like, pretty active. I would say you were one of like the three most active. So star student badge goes to Amanda. Tell us a little bit about like where you were back in October and why you decided to join. Um, I was at a point where I was finally coming to terms with how irresponsible I had been with the formal uh, back end of being a business owner. Um, and I had expressed to a, a few different people that I was looking for someone that could help me with back taxes that wouldn't be judgy and that would just kind of help me get shit done and, and move past the embarrassment of being so far behind. Uh, I was about three years behind in filing my taxes. Um, and a friend of mine had seen your Instagram and she was like, Oh my God, I found the perfect person for you. Totally right up your alley. Like he's got this unfuck your biz. Do I need to even tell you more than that? <laughs> so that was when I reached out to you. And I remember being just very upfront, like this is, I've, I've gotten myself into a shitty hole and I need somebody who can tell me to suck it up. And this is what you have to do to get out of that. Um, and so I just felt when we had our first conversation and you were saying, well, there are people who think they're worse off than you and they're definitely not. And there's people who think they're fine and they're way worse off than you <laughs> in terms of how far behind they were and, and what they hadn't hadn't been doing. Um, so we're, we're all pretty judgmental of ourselves. And I felt such a sense of relief to know that, I mean, I kind of figured there were some other people out there that were in the same situation, but I think the biggest sense of relief came from someone like you as a professional who gave me the assurance that like, this isn't going to hurt. This is not going to be like, you don't need to be bracing for impact. You just need better systems and better education. Yeah. That's, that's really the key is like better systems and better education. Right. I do find that when people get started, everyone's in a different space mentally. We have I kind of describe myself as, you know, that meme with like the cartoon dog in the middle of the fire and he's like, yeah. it's fine. I'm fine. Like that's me. Right. Because I am an Enneagram seven. So it's just like you radiate positivity and you just kind of cloud up your problems. 
So that's some business owners. Like everything's a shitstorm, but they're just acting like it's fine. Other people, like Sarah, who was in the first uh, first version of UFYB, I interviewed her on the last episode. She joined the program before she'd even gotten her first client because she was so worried that she was going to do everything wrong. So people fall into all these different camps. It's really interesting. So when you joined, it was mostly just for the tax stuff. Were you like planning on doing your LLC or anything like that? No. I, so I had looked at kind of like poked around at some of the information that you had on your website and your podcast. And I was like, I don't need, I don't need to do the LLC thing because you know, it's, it's this big uh, sum of money that at the time I was like, it doesn't make any sense for me to spend money on that. And then when we got to talking in the group chats more and got to the point where you were like, well, but if you get it done, you have room for expansion. And that's exactly what happened. So I realized like, it's just paperwork and it's a sum of money that is going to get spent on some business expense anyway. And if I do this, if I move from a sole prop to an LLC, I am then more confident in the expansion of my business and moving into different areas that I was hesitant to move into prior to this because I was like, well, what if it comes back on me? What if this project that I'm helping a bi another business owner do, so venue management specifically, what if I go to help this property owner manage their venue and it doesn't take off and they hold me accountable or something goes wrong? So then I'm like, okay, this legal protection of switching to an LLC gives me the, the level of confidence to move to that next phase of my business, which is growth and expansion in a direction that I already wanted to be heading into. Love it. So it's kind of like a little security blanket. Yeah, yeah. And a yeah. little lighten a fire under my ass to do bigger things, bigger, scarier things. <laughs> yeah, I, so I describe the LLC, I always call it one of the layers of protection. So like inside of the membership, which is, it's more foundational than the course. I have a mini course on the layers of protection. And I always tell people, it's not like a checklist of everything you need to do. They're just layers. So like you add on as many layers as you want. It's like walking outside in the cold, you get to decide like how bundled up you want to be. Right. Yeah. And in, in talking with some of the other folks in our group where they're, they've been in LLC for a while and now they're moving into S corp status. I have, I noticed myself having the same hesitation that I did with LLC where it's like, I'm never going to get that big. I'm never going to, you know, that's never going to be me. And you're always like, why not? Like this yeah, I mean, is totally doable. So it's made me think of, of my business as a more, powerful and and useful tool to put out into the world than than i tend to view it in my small little viewfinder very interesting yeah i always think like i could probably get a lot more into mindset in my programs i don't feel like i really have the tools in order to do that but it definitely is a part of it absolutely sorry absolutely i agree yeah Okay, so tell us a little bit more about like in the program, what all, like what was on your to-do list and what did you manage to tick off of it? So the, like you said, the tax thing was kind of my biggest hurdle. I needed to get caught up and I had felt kind of, not, I had felt abandoned by previous financial uh, professionals. So in the sense of when I would go to do my taxes, 
I would always get this feedback of like, well, why do you classify this as that? And why do you put this into that category? It was because some other tax professional or accountant that I had had in the past told me to do it this way. And so I just did what they told me to do. And accounting for business, like internal business projections and, and forecasting is so different and more involved than accounting for tax purposes. And so I felt like my business was small enough that I could be focusing on setting up an accounting system that allowed me to easily, easily do my taxes at the end of the year. And so that was exactly what I got out of all of the deductions guides and just evaluating. It was nice to spend that seemingly long and dreadful amount of time working on so many back taxes and so many months after months after months of QuickBooks reports and realizing how much money I was spending and where it was all going. And as you have us do, evaluating your recurring expenses, seeing what you can cut and scale back on. It was just this whole snowball effect of just trying to get my taxes unfucked turned into the most rewarding and easy to understand and easy to put into action accounting system. So what, tell us, so you said you were spending a lot of money on business expenses. What were a couple of things that you were spending money on that ended up getting the chop? Um, there wasn't a ton. I had done, done a similar kind of cleaning of the house a few months before. And so I got rid of subscription-based things that I wasn't using at all. Hootsuite and, you know, kind of social media boosting. You were paying for Hootsuite? <laughs> I, I was. And this was because I had signed up for it a long fucking time ago and never canceled the subscription and just stopped using it. And then I looked into it again. I'm like, wait, I could be doing all that shit for free now? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of just shit that I had forgotten about or stuff that I had said, well, I don't want to cancel my subscription because I might actually make time for this next week, next month, which I never did. Um, I definitely was made aware that I have been overpaying for my business insurance and I'm still working on getting clarification from my insurance agent as to why the price kept increasing dramatically over the course of a year but in these little like monthly increments where i didn't notice that it was going up and up and up and i'm paying more than double of what other people are paying for similar coverage so that's something that i'm working on uh fixing now um and even just comparing internet service providers we took 40 bucks a month off of our uh internet bill by switching companies so nice Okay. Love that. I know we also like in our, so we do twice weekly Q and A's like throughout the program. And I know that you and I had a lot of conversations on just like pricing and general business structure. Did you like, did you learn anything that you've since implemented from like, not myself, but other members like wedding industry professionals in the program? Um, definitely a lot about what what things are worth paying for and what's not and and kind of where everyone else is ballparking things like insurance and and subscriptions for supportive kind of crm type things um in terms of of how i price my services one of the biggest epiphanies that i had in looking at kind of the 
the interaction of people who had been doing this accounting system prior to joining our class. So folks who had been implementing it beforehand and, and where they're at now, and they're all super confident in their pricing and super confident in, in even structuring things like in-person meetings versus virtual meetings and switching to those formats that make our time more valuable. So rather than driving to and from all of these appointments, switching to virtual meetings where I don't have to waste three hours a day driving to and from. Uh, but the biggest thing for me that like hit me like a ton of bricks the other night was if I had had this accounting system in place when I first started my business, I would have never fallen into the trap of underpricing my services simply to book a job because I wouldn't have been able to afford to. So I know where I can discount and where I can't now, but when you're new and you're starting out and you're trying to build a portfolio and you're willing to do all this shit for people for free and all these, these big fat discounts because you really like this person and you think they're fun and funny and you want to work with them. And it's all this emotional stuff, which is important, but in the grand scheme of things, bills have to get paid. Taxes have to get paid. <laughs> so if I had been charging appropriately for my services from day one, I would have never fallen into this pitfall of being behind in my taxes and then not having the money to pay them once I got them together. And I would have been able to be much more confident in how I put myself out there as a business owner. Love that. Okay. So tell us where you are to the extent that you feel comfortable. Tell us where you are like as of right now with your back tax situation. So I went and got help filing 2016, 17, and 18, and I don't, I'm really terrible at remembering numbers and doing math in my head, so I don't remember what the actual calculations were, but I owe less than what I expected to. Nice. And I'm, that's, that is possibly not factoring in kind of penalty fees um, that would be added onto that, but it was not as dramatic as I thought I was going to be. And in, in a few of them, they were like, oh, you're getting like $37 back from the state of California. I was like, what? How is this even possible? Can they just send it right to the IRS for me? <laughs> yeah, just reroute it. Yeah. So are you going to end up, are you going to try to do an offer and compromise on your tax debt? Do you know yet? Yes. So I'm waiting on, I didn't, I had not received any notifications from the IRS about the back taxes that were due, I had gotten notifications from the state of California. So when I went and talked with the folks that you had referred me to, um, they were like, okay, we need to wait until you get something from the IRS. So go ahead and file the back taxes. Um, and then you're not gonna have the funds to pay them right away. So they're gonna send you um, some correspondence about, you know, okay, this is what you owe us and then come back to us and we'll work with you for the offer and compromise. Love it. Okay. So what we're kind of talking about here for the listeners is uh, I referred Amanda to a local tax clinic to help out with some of the tax issues. An offer and compromise is basically just a settlement agreement. So it's based on income, but you essentially file your back taxes. They assess how much you owe. And then you can say, okay, well, do I have to pay all of that? Like, let's maybe just meet in the middle. Um, there's obviously a lot more detail, but Amanda, I'm actually going to have like a whole lesson on OICs uh, in the new course. Awesome. Super, super fun. Okay. So other than that, um, what are kind of your next, your next steps? So the course program is over. Um, you're going to get all the new content. What do you still have on your to-do list to tackle? 
Um, continuing to evaluate my expenses and, and where all that money is going um, and being a little bit more, um, more, uh, I don't want to say aggressive or assertive, but maybe just more confident in my pricing so that I'm not ending up working these long-term with, as a planner or coordinator, you're working these long-term durations with people. And like I said, when they're cute and they're fun and you want to work with them and you're like, well, sure, if you can only afford this, I'll give you this discount. So really understanding and, and doing calculations of if I give this person a discount, how much less money is going into all of these funds. And because I'm saving to, to dig myself out of the hole of the back taxes, I don't have as much going into my, my, you know, more expendable funds. So expenses and things like that. So I have to be so conscious of, of every dollar that's coming in. Um, while also maintaining that I am a badass at what I do. I might be shit at managing my money because I was not educated and, and not actively participating in it because I was scared of it. Um, but I'm- You should rephrase that to say I might have been. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely a past tense thing now because I feel so different. It's like, I mean, it, uh, this is the closest that we, that I have ever been to being in a cult and no one really understands <laughs> my level of enthusiasm for the work that we did together, you and I, and as a group and just what you're doing on your own and relaying that to us. It's, it just makes me feel so different about my business and my confidence and growing this business to more than I ever thought I had the right to grow it to be, if that makes sense. I just didn't think, you know, you kind of put that pressure on yourself, that embarrassment of, well, I'm behind in my taxes. So like, I can't do anything better than I'm doing now because I'm shit at keeping up. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of mindset's not going to get you very far. No. Yeah. And uh, that's why I did not keep it. <laughs> yes. It was just like, discard that shit, put it in the burn pile. Okay. Well, I don't think I could probably could have, uh, could have asked for a better testimony. Testimony, <laughs> testimonial than that you're uh, i feel like you're in a an awesome cult now i love it we should get we should get cult t-shirts yeah i'm definitely ready for the uniform oh sorry oh we have a we have a dog visitor okay awesome well that was all super helpful amanda i actually i've been sharing this on all the podcast episodes and i'm sharing it with everyone else i actually have now created a quiz that all of our listeners can take wait for it you're gonna love this it's called, the quiz is called, which UFYB alum are you? So Amanda <laughs> is one of the test results. So Amanda, you'll have to take the quiz and see if you get yourself. What would you guess? So I had to give each one a, a title or a label. What do you think your label was? I have no idea, but I'm excited to find out. <laughs> okay. All right. It'll be interesting. So if everyone wants to take the quiz, uh, they can. I'm doing about six or seven of these student spotlight episodes. So uh, each student on the podcast will have a quiz result in the quiz. So you can see whose business you can compare to. Really the idea of the quiz is for you to know like what you can get the most out of the program and really to see if it would be a good fit for you and your business. So hop over to bradendrake.com forward slash quiz to check that out. I also have an upcoming masterclass. So we talked 
a lot about in this podcast. Amanda kind of mentioned it a couple times about reining in her expenses. She said that she's setting aside more money for taxes. So she has less money for other discretionary categories. The categories she's talking about are um, the allocations we do when we talk about cash flow management. And that's actually what I'm going to be teaching on the free masterclass. So the title of it is how to save for taxes and manage cash flow without stress and overwhelm, a topic I think we all need. So you can go to bradendrake.com forward slash masterclass to sign up for that. Um, as always, if you missed any of the information, you can find uh, all the links and everything at the show notes, which is at Unfuck Your Biz. So Amanda, um, just to wrap up, share with everyone how they can connect with you if they wanna become best friends and join our cult. <laughs> sure. So my website is sassy little b b e e like the bug dot com, um, and same for my Instagram at sassy little b. And my Instagram tends to be filled with more uh, sassy planning advice and vendor to vendor, um, not bitching, just venting. <laughs> Rather, I call that I call that highly engageable content. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of good conversation starters about wedding planning and, and vendor to vendor relationships, um, more so than just pretty pictures of my fucking fabulous couples. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. So thanks so much for coming, Amanda. Um, so excited that we wrapped up Unfuck Your Biz and super glad it was helpful. For everyone else, if you want more information about the program, I'll also be giving that um, at the end of the masterclass. So come learn a little bit. Um, with some tips you can implement in your own business. And then about the program, if you wanna connect with me, you can join the Facebook group, Braden's Besties. As always, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review, tell everyone how awesome the podcast is. And I will be back uh, in your earbuds or speaker in just a couple of days. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.